Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Morning, everyone. So Saturday, the party's on. Claude's son, Josue, is getting married. That's very exciting. Um, yeah, and uh, this morning, I think it's, it's going to be uh, exciting as well. I, I think God is, we're in this powerful series called the I Am. And before I get into it, uh, yeah, let's, let's just pray. God, thank you uh, that uh, you are an incredible, you're amazing, God. You're, you're so, you're beyond words, God. You're, you're awesome. And uh, God, we just want to continue to worship you. And Father, we want, your, we want your spirit just to speak to our hearts uh, during this service, God. You are, you are so big and you have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And, and so God, I, I, I just ask that you would speak to the hearts of, of your children, Lord, and, and call us deeper. God, reveal the, the glory of who you truly are. May we see you in a, in a clear light today. Amen. Yeah, like I mentioned, we're in the series called I Am, and uh, this was the, the name of God, I Am Who I Am, was the name of God that, that uh, God answered to Moses in Exodus 3 when Moses asked, hey God, what's your name? And God said, I am who I am. God, God is the one who is self-defining, he's self-sustaining, he, he is really the source uh, and creator of all, all things. And, and then in the, in the book of John, we see, we see Jesus doing a, a callback to the, this name, but then adding on to it. And, and last week, Claude talked about that Jesus is, he is the bread of life. And so Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Today, we're going to look at uh, an, another place um, where Jesus announced another I am name. It was actually at the Harvest Festival. Do, you, do any of you remember it? It was the Israelite Harvest Festival, so I don't think anyone was around. If you were, you're very, very old, right? Um, so it was actually during a, a festival of the harvest, but it wasn't, just, it wasn't just to celebrate harvest. It was actually uh, a time where they lived in temporary shelters as well. They were kind of like camping. This is like the initial church camping here. And they would live in these temporary shelters to remember the time where, where they had temporary shelters as they went and journeyed through the wilderness and into the promised land. So it was a, a festival of celebration to remember the promised land that God had brought them to. During the festival, they had different things that they would do to call back uh, what God had done in the, in the wilderness. And one of those things was the image of the water that, that God provided. And so what would happen is there, there was a ceremony where the priest would go down to the pool of Shalom. This is where there was fresh water in, uh, and he would, he would dip a pitcher, fill it up, and he would pour it out over the, the stone altar, by the, by the altar, and, and this was again to remember the time where God gave them water out of the rock in the wilderness. And it's in this setting that Jesus says this, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. 
So you have this festival going on. There's this anticipation of the water being poured at the altar. And it's in this setting that Jesus stands up and says, I am the living water. And Jesus is proclaiming, you know, I provided water for you, but I am the water for your soul. I am the living water. Whoever believes in me, as scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from them. So this was the first image that Jesus gave to the Israelites. The next thing that the Israelites did to remember their time in the wilderness was they would have uh, what was called the illumination of the temple. So there were these four massive candelabras in the temple that were as high as the walls, and they, they would light them up and they would burn all night. And again, it was called the illumination of the temple. The whole temple was illuminated. And all night, you know, back in the day, if, if the lights were out, you were going to bed, right? The party's off. But when they, when they lit the temple, they celebrated, they danced, and, and they, they communed in the temple um, all night as the, as the lights were burning there. And it's, again, using this image where as the candles go down, Jesus says and spoke to the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we are going to break down this verse. There's so much in here and, and so much in the Bible of, of light and darkness that's talked about. But let's, let's break down what Jesus is saying here. The first thing he's saying is that Jesus is the light of the world. Right? Jesus didn't say, I'm a light to you. He said, I am the light of the world. Um, and, and different religions would, would be okay with saying Jesus is a light. Right? I, when I went to, to India, we had worship services, and, and there were Hindu people that would be on their knees worshiping Jesus as a light, as a, as a God, but then the next day they would go to a, another God and, and worship that God. Um, but, but Jesus is the light, right? In, in Muslim religion, Jesus is considered a, a prophet. So yeah, Jesus is a light. He, he definitely was enlightened in what he shared. But again, Jesus is saying that, no, he's not a light, he's the light. I was talking to a Jehovah Witness the other day, and he, he was saying, yeah, Jesus is a, a light that illuminates the path to the Father. But again, no, Jesus is saying he himself is the light. He is the source of spiritual illumination. He's the answer to the darkness. He is the, the source and definer of what's good, right, and true. And there'll be other things in this world that present themselves as light, right? It says in the Bible that, that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Um, he does this so, you know, there's a lot of people that don't set out to worship Satan. They want to they wanna worship God. They want to be in the light. But, but Satan deceives them in, in, wor in worshiping him, masquerading as an angel of light, I remember in, in South Africa, I saw this as we went into people's houses and they would be, you could tell that they had been visiting their, their local witch doctor because they had these, these bracelets and, and the locals told us those bracelets mean that they went to visit a witch doctor in hopes of receiving healing. And, and sometimes they, they would even say these bracelets, you know, they had faith in them and, and actually these bracelets did heal them. But at the same time, what seemed to be light was actually darkness because it opened up their home to torment. 
um, to demonic activity and all of these things. And so the answer, and we got to proclaim that the, the light, the light is Jesus. He is the answer to this dark world. He is the answer to sin. It says this in Isaiah, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. It says in John 2 that Jesus is the true light that gives light to everyone. Jesus is the light of the world, and he wants to shine in your life. Jesus wants to shine in your life. You, you might be a believer, you might be a fringe believer, or not a believer. Jesus is the light of your, the world. He's the true light, and he wants to shine in your life. If you feel like you're in a dark place, or, you're, or if you're in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned, and darkness cannot overcome this light. Darkness is no match for this light. I remember there was a time where I, where I saw a, a young man and I started talking to them, him, and I felt God gave me this image of, of a hand that was, that was pulling him out of his situation. And, and I shared this with him, not knowing who he was, and I shared, hey, you know, this is just the image that I have. I see, I see a hand reaching out to you, pulling you out uh, of the place that you're in. And he go on, he go on to share that he had been involved in darkness, that he had given himself to darkness to the point where he was saying that there was no hope for him. There was no way that he could step in the light. There was no way he could be saved. And, and I, I was trying to share with this young man, it's not true. God gave me this image because he's telling me he can take you from this place. When you let the light in, it will cast out the darkness. And so I'm, I'm praying that this young man will yet remember that Jesus is, was revealing to him, I'm, I'm the light, I can cast out the darkness in your life. But again, I, I think there's some things we have to do if we want the darkness out of our life. Um, and, and this leads into the next point Jesus was saying. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me. So Jesus is, is the light of the world, and, and the, what the light does is it casts out the darkness, but, but the, the, the candles that were actually burning in the temple um, were actually a remembrance to the pillar of fire that the Israelites followed to the promised land. And that pillar of fire, it wasn't just to be a nightlight, right? It wasn't just, oh, the pillar of fire is here. We're not in pitch black. That's nice. But it was leading them. It, it was providing a path through the darkness and to the promised land. So, so Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world, and, and I want you to follow this light. And as, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, that's, that's what we do. We follow the light. In John 12, 35, it says, the one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. Do you ever walk in darkness and don't know where you're going? I have bruises on my leg right now because I walked in darkness, stubbed my toe, stubbed my leg. I, we can't, we, we, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know the path before me, and so I hit something. But I, I believe the opposite is true about this verse that to the one who walks in darkness, they don't know where they're going, but to the one who walks in light, we can know where we're going in life. We can know the path that God has set out for us. And maybe you're a Christian and you're like, yo, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I really don't. I'm clueless. But at the same time, 
I believe that God is this light that we can follow so that, so that we can have a path that's, again, illuminating us to the promised land. Um, how? How? First of all, we have the Spirit of God. You have the Spirit of God inside of you. He's he's leading you into all truth. He is your your helper. He is your counselor. He is is in you so that that he can partner with you to, to lead your life. And then in addition to this, we have his word, which David was saying, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. David, David knew and he loved the law of God and he knew the life God wanted him to live by the word of God that was given to him. And so he's saying, your, your word, it illuminates my path. I, I know, the, I know I'm, my calling. I know what I'm meant to do because I have your word. And for us, it's the same thing. We have the word of God. God wants to lead us and, and in his word, it says that the believer is equipped for every good work. And in addition to his word, we have his spirit inside of us, who is not just a distant force, but it is the, the paraclete, the helper, the counselor, who wants to lead our life. But we have the choice of, do we want to follow this light? Right? Jesus is the light of the world, whoever follows me. If we want to follow this, this light, it, it means that we have to recognize that Jesus is, is the way, right? It's not, hey, that's a cool light. I'm going to follow this, and maybe I'll follow this too. No, it's saying, Jesus, your, your way and your path that you're lighting before me is the path that I want to walk. And in the Bible, whenever anyone wanted to follow Jesus, Jesus never answered, hey, just tag along, just tag along. He always, he always told the people, count the cost. If you want to follow me, count, count what it's going to cost. You know, people would ask him, can I follow you? And he, and he says, I don't have a home. And he's, he was always saying these things because he was, he was letting it be clear. If you're going to follow me, it means that I'm going to be the light. It's, I'm going to be the path. It's not this casual thing. It's actually this thing where you give your life up and you follow me. Look what it says in Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Doesn't say you have to be good enough, right? Hallelujah right? Doesn't say, hey, if you want to follow me, you got to limit 10 sins a day. That's all you're allowed. If you limit yourself to 10 sins, you can follow me. No, it says, if you want to follow me, you got to give up your own way, right? If, if you give yourself to God, you, you, don't, you don't have to clean yourself up and, and then become a Christian because you'll never be clean enough. But you, what you do have to do is you have to say, God, I'm giving up my way, which means not following any other light, right? It's not following, it's living a life of not following your heart. Sometimes that, that advice is given, right? In the world, follow your heart. It's dangerous advice because the heart is, can be deceived, right? So as, as believers, we are not called to follow our heart. We're follow, called to follow Jesus. 
We're not called to follow our, our, our feelings and how we feel. Our, our perception of what we think the world should be or our own understanding of what we think right and wrong is or our own logic, we're, we're called not to follow culture, we're called to follow Jesus. And that means, again, giving up our way and, and, and taking on his way, recognizing that Jesus is our light. He is our guiding light. He is the path and, and leading us to the promised land. It's this all-in kind of trust. There's this verse that we read lots in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him, and he'll make your path straight. We, we kind of just read that verse, and it's like, that's a nice verse. But this verse is, is a total submission of our way, ourselves, and giving it to God, all to God, right? Trust the Lord with all your heart, all of it. You're trusting him. You might have your own understanding. That's not what you're relying on to get through life. You're not leaning and depending on your understanding. In all of your ways, you're submitting, you're coming under him. And then we have this beautiful promise, he'll make our path straight. And again, this is the promise of Jesus, that he's the light of the world. He wants to be your guiding light. And when we say as his followers, I will follow your path, Jesus. I will follow your ways. I'll give up my way and follow you and carry my cross. We have a promise that he'll make our path straight. That light will lead us to the promised land. Amen? And so it's beautiful because Jesus wants to be our light, our guiding light through life. But it's going to have to take this trust of giving up our ways and our path and walking in his light. And this is kind of where it, it talks. Uh, the next statement, Jesus says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I mean, that just kind of makes sense, Right? If we're following Jesus, who is the light of the world, if we're, if we're walking and following this pillar of fire, then that, by definition, that means we're walking in the light. Ephesians 5 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. It's interesting because the Bible says we're light. We've been, we've actually, there's something happened. When we gave our life to God, we were, we were taken from the kingdom of darkness, brought into a new kingdom. Christ's light shines on us and we are light. That's who we are. And so because of this, because we are light, what do we do? We live as children of light. You're a child, if you're a Christian, you're a child of light. So live as children of light. And then it says, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. That's your job as a Christian, is to find out what pleases the Lord. If you are, if you're married, this is kind of your job as a spouse, right? Find out what pleases your spouse and stop doing what doesn't please your spouse, right? That's kind of the hard part, you know. But this is our goal, we want to serve, we, we want to find out what pleases our, our spouse so that we can be a great spouse. And, and as a believer, this should be our desire. God, what pleases you? What displeases you? 
It's, it's my responsibility to find that out. And in verse 17, in this, later in this chapter, it says, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It says, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I think it's saying that because we've been given the resources to find what the Lord's will is. We have his word to read. And, and we, we have the church as well. And we have the spirit of God inside of us. So again, we, we have the light. We can know what the will of God is. And we need to be on this journey of understanding what the Lord's will is, finding out what pleases the Lord, and doing that. And then it says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. We, we, we see what sin is and we say, that is sin. I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that. And it says, it's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. And, let, and Christ will shine on you. It's to, it's to expose what is sin again and say, hey, I want no part in that. I'm a child of light. And I also believe that if we are going to be a child of light, it means living a life that, that's exposed to God. We live exposed to the light. The opposite of exposed is living concealed, living, living hidden, living guard, guarded, but that's not the life that we're to live. But yet... When we sin, we can have this reaction of, I want to conceal, right? I want to hide that imperfection. I, there's this level of shame that, that, that then sometimes makes us try to hide from God. We see it in the very first sin. The very first sin Adam does, he has this realization, I'm naked. He knew he did something wrong. And so what did he do? He, he ran away from God. It says in Genesis 3, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Did Adam here successfully hide from God? Because God's, God's asking, where are you, Adam? <laughs> Does God know where Adam is? He knows where Adam is, yeah. We can't hide from God. It doesn't work. Hiding from God is like when you play hide and seek with, with like someone that's like three years old. Have you ever done that? They're not good at hiding, right? It's like in broad daylight and they go like this. They're like, I'm hiding really well. And you're like, yeah, you're, you're standing right there, right? And, and this is when we try to hide from God, we're, we're not hiding. It's, it, it's not, it's not going to work. It says in Hebrews, we're all naked and exposed before him. He, he sees us. And yet God's asking this question, Adam, where are you? Why is, why is God even asking that? Because he knows where he is. God's asking him because there used, he used to walk in the garden with Adam. There used to be this fellowship of walking. Right? Everything was exposed, and there was this, this intimacy of just walking together and, and, and being friends, and now Adam is hiding. I think for the first time, Adam is hiding from God, and that fellowship is broken. So this is where 
God's call is, where are you, Adam? That fellowship is, is lost. God will never force us out of hiding, but I believe when we're in hiding, he will call out to us, where, where are you? Where are you? Because he wants to restore that fellowship. In 1 John 1, it says this, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. So if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie. We don't live out the truth. If we're walking in darkness, we're not having fellowship with God. We're not following him anymore. We're not in the light of his life. We're lying, right? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I love that it mentions sin here. Because sometimes maybe we read, if we, if we stop earlier, we think, oh, I have to walk in the light. And we interpret that meaning, I have to be absolutely perfect. Like I can never make a mistake. But is that ever going to be the case for anyone here? Are we going to live a perfect life? There is no one here. I guarantee you, no, no one is going to walk out of these doors and live the rest of their life perfect. You will make mistakes. So there's a difference in... But there's a difference, I think, in stumbling into darkness and walking in darkness, right? As children of light, people who walk in the light, I think we, we will at some point sin, but as a child of light, we walk back into the light and we confess our sin. We live open and exposed to God. And, and when you expose yourself to God and confess your sin, say, God, this is me. This is who I am. I'm sorry. I confess my sin. We're, we're exposing ourselves. It's like when a camera exposes itself to light, what happens? It lights up the picture. And when we expose ourselves to the light of the world by confessing our sin to God, but also in James, it talks about confessing our sin to other believers, which I think is a, a very healthy and important thing to do. When we live exposed this way, light shines in. And sometimes when we hear the word exposed, it's a scary word, right? Living exposed. Sounds scary. But when you do that, the light shines and it brings freedom. Earlier in this chapter, in, in John 8, there's this woman that is exposed in a horrifying way. She's caught in the act of adultery. And, and, and she's brought into a circle of religious leaders to be shamed, possibly to be stoned. And they, they take her to Jesus. Little did they know they exposed her to the light of the world. And Jesus doesn't throw a stone. Jesus sets her free, really, right? He says, go and, go and sin no more. She's exposed to the light of the world. And, and what should have been the most horrifying event in her life, actually, I think, became the event that freed her 
She would have carried around the shame, probably hidden, probably concealed, but she was exposed to the light of the world and she was hopefully, I think she was launched into living in the light, living in the freedom that Jesus came. So as believers, we're called to be children of light, to walk in light. That doesn't mean you will be perfect, but that means you'll expose yourself to the light when, when you mess up. And when you do that, Jesus will shine in and he'll remove the darkness. He'll, he won't throw a stone at you. He'll look in the, you in the eyes and say, go and sin no more. That's our calling, amen? It's beautiful, but it's to live an exposed life. Don't get good at hiding from God. Don't get good at hiding from others. Again, it doesn't work. God knows what you are, and we have a loving God, I believe, that won't leave us hiding. He'll say, where are you? Where are you? This fellowship that we had is broken. Uh, address the sin. Come into the light. Expose yourself to the light so that, again, I can shine on you and you can be a child of light. Let's finish off this, this statement that Jesus said here. It says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. When we follow Jesus... And we walk in his light. There's this amazing thing that happens that Christ shines on us, in us, and through us. And Jesus says, we have the light of life. Actually, stronger language is used in Matthew 5 where he says, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. And the light that God put inside of you is not just to cast out your own personal darkness, not just to protect you and comfort you from the darkness, which it does, but it's meant to shine, amen? It was said that when they illuminated the, the temple, um, in the illumination of the temple, that all of Jerusalem was lit up. Everyone can see this, this light of the temple. And some would even say that the, the way that the windows were designed in the temple were that they were narrow on the inside and, and wide going to the outside so that the light would actually shine out brighter. And it's our calling as believers because Jesus is the light and he calls us children of light. He calls us light that we shine in this world. Look what it says in Isaiah, rise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. Sometimes in our conversations with each other, we stop there. We stop the verse right there, right? I've done it. Have you ever had those words come out of your mouth? This world is so dark. This world is just a dark, evil place. And we talk about that and we complain about that and, and that's where we stop. The Bible acknowledges this world is dark. Newsflash, it's always been dark, right? It, it was dark here. But, but look what it says next. But the Lord rises upon you. Glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Sure, we can acknowledge that this world is a dark place, and I think we should. The Bible does. We should. But the glory of the Lord rises on us. There's this responsibility. We are the temple of God. 
We have the light that, that shines and illuminates not just the temple, but, but it's to be illuminated for the world to see. In Matthew 5, it says this, you're the light of the world, a town built on a hill. It can't be hidden. You can't hide. You couldn't hide the illumination of the temple because it was shining out. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. And yet this is sometimes how we live our life, Right? We live, we live timid, we have this light and it's just our own personal light when it's meant to light up the world. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This was my prayer the other day, just as... I was driving to Winnipeg, God, I just want to shine. God, I want to shine. You are the light of the world. And you actually say, I am the light of the world. Because your spirit has been put in me, not just for my own benefit, but so people would actually see the only source of light, Jesus, and you've called me to illuminate this world. This world is dark, but you want your glory to arise on me and shine in this world. God, forgive me when I don't do that. Help me to shine. Help me to be put on a stand. Thank you for this beautiful calling, God, to be your light. God, thank you that I'm a child of light. You call me a child of light. God, help us to live as children of light. To not walk in darkness. And if we stumble in darkness, then we confess our sins and we expose ourselves to the light. We don't live hidden. We don't hide from you. We have everything in the open. And we say, God, I'm sorry. That's not who I am. I'm a child of light. And we let you shine in our hearts so that it illuminates us so that we can shine in this world, Father. God, may we step out of hiding and into your light. God, thank you that when we're exposed to you, you don't shame us, you free us, you light us up so that we can light this world up, Lord God. So may the glory of the Lord shine upon your soul. May the glory of the Lord rest upon you so that you can shine in this dark world. And may you put us on a stand, God. We want to be proud of this light. We want to acknowledge that this is the only light. This is the solution to the world. God, we don't want to just complain about the world's darkness. We want to say, but the glory of the Lord rises upon me to shine in its darkness, God. So empower us and equip us and send us to live in your light and shine your light to this world. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.